We find ourselves in the book of Proverbs tonight, another, uh, another book out of the wisdom literature genre of the Bible. And so if you would, open up with me to the book of Proverbs, comes after the Psalms. While you're opening up, does anyone have a favorite proverb? Um, Larry has a favorite proverb. I'll just read it for everybody. It's a good one. Proverbs 30, verse 2. Surely I am too stupid to be a man. I have not the understanding of a man. Now, Larry told me that. I'm, t- I'm serious. He was the one who told me that was his favorite verse. No, seriously, though, y'all. Uh, Proverbs is one of those books, right, where... Sometimes you will have one that you just really love and you kind of hold fast to it. Larry's got a serious one. What is it? It's Proverbs 18.22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor. Yes. That's a good one. Yep. Any, anybody else have a favorite one? You might have one you don't realize it's a proverb, to be honest. Sometimes even I do that. Go ahead, Rex. Okay. Yeah. Three, five, and six. That's a famous one. That's right. That's right. We'll be going there tonight. It's a it's a one of the key passages uh, that kind of helps unlock proverbs. Any other ones? Uh, you know, iron sharpening iron. That's in proverbs. Um, there, uh, uh, withhold not the rod of correction. It's in proverbs. That's an important one for parenting. Any others? It's okay. You don't have to call one out. I just didn't want to leave anybody behind. Well. The first thing I think that might be beneficial for us after we pray is to figure out what in the world a proverb is. But first, let's pray and see what the Lord has for us tonight. Heavenly Father, God, we are thankful for your word. And so, Lord, we pray as we open up to the book of Proverbs tonight that we would benefit from looking at it uh, from the, uh, the above view, the mountaintop view, to see what it is you would have for us, to help us to dive into it. And, Father, Please, to help us see Jesus Christ, the salvation that he offers, the salvation that we hold on to as we live our lives and we seek to do that well and for your glory. Lord, may this be so in Jesus' name. Amen. You heard it in the prayer. Uh, We're going to be talking about Proverbs, trying to unlock it. I think the first thing that would be quite helpful for us is to actually define what a proverb is uh, and what's, what's being used in the book of Proverbs. This is a definition. You'll find it in the middle. You don't have to try to read along with me, but it's in the middle of our handout in the context portion. This definition is uh, a quote from my seminary professor, Max Roglin, uh, Old Testament professor. I think it's one of the best definitions for a biblical proverb that I have ever heard, and it's this. A proverb is a God-inspired, short, pithy, striking, one to two verse long with parallelism saying... That utilizes memorable images and humor. 
It's a long one, but that pretty much lays it out for us. God-inspired, short, pithy, striking, one to two verse long, with parallelism, saying that utilizes memorable images and humor. That is what a proverb is. But to take it a little bit further, proverbs, it's within the wisdom literature, and we spoke about that a little when we went to Job. And I mentioned that in the book of Job, there are a lot of true sayings. God-inspired, but it takes wisdom to apply those things well. The same thing is true of all of the uh, uh, books of the Bible that falls within the wisdom literature genre. Proverbs, no less. And so what we need to do as we open up to this book is to remember uh, what it is, uh, what a proverb is, and what a proverb is not. Uh, This is very important. This is within the context section. This is a more important context section than usual. Uh, Maybe if you have a pencil or something, put a star by it, because uh, there's a lot of uh, important pieces to the puzzle there. And and so this is a little bit further down. And, And here's a comparison of Proverbs compared to other genres of literature. Proverbs, better and worse are not laws which are right and wrong, okay? Proverbs are better and worse, not right and wrong like a law. Proverbs, uh, what often happens, that is not narrative, which is what happened, right? Hey, I went down to the store yesterday. That's narrative. That's not what a proverb is. A proverb is what usually would happen if I were to go to the store, all right? Um... Continuing on, it's uh, Proverbs, which is the likely outcome, is not prophecy, which is a certain outcome, all right? Jesus will be born in a little town of Bethlehem, all right? Prophetic. A proverb is the likely outcome of that which is to happen. It's not prophecy, which is a certain outcome. Proverbs are simply proverbs, and they are inspired by God to reveal God to his people. But when we look at them, they hold a particular place within Scripture. And this is, uh, this is a, a good example, if you would, just flip in Proverbs to chapter 26. This is why we need to remember this going into the book of Proverbs, because you will hear naysayers. You will hear false teachers. You will hear those who want to discredit God's word. And you will hear them go right to the book of Proverbs. And they'll go right to an example like Proverbs chapter 26 verses 4 and 5. Now, y'all know about scripture, right? God's true word without error. Not fallible, but perfect. No hypocrisy within it. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. Verse 5. Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own eyes. Well, which one do we do? Do we answer not a fool or do we answer a fool? The Bible contradicts itself. Anyone who believes in it is a fool, right? Uh, You might not have ever heard that argument, but it happens often. And it's silly. Uh, the, the genre of Proverbs 
It does not imply a narrative. It does not imply a prophecy. It does not imply a law. A proverb is a proverb. It is a God-inspired, short, pithy, striking, one to two verse long with parallelism saying that utilizes memorable humor and images. And so when we see two proverbs back to back, like in chapter 26, verses 4 and 5, answer not a fool in verse 4. And then we get verse 5, answer a fool. Both are true. But it takes wisdom to discern which one we need to use in the moment. Wisdom, which is where we're going to go now. So that introduction, it's kind of a brief one, but it's a very important one. You'll find all this within the context section. And it's very important from the outset to just know what it is we're getting into when we go to the Proverbs. Uh, What is this? Because it's quite unique. Uh, uh, comparatively to other genres within scripture. It's easy to try to associate it with something else and lose our way. And so that's the first piece. It's very important. That's within the context section. Uh, But there's more, and this is really how we'll try to unlock the book of Proverbs. Uh, This is the new an improved part of our handy-dandy handout, the remember section in the header, the very top piece. Remember, the fear of the Lord is the key to unlocking the book of Proverbs. This fear is given by God, grants knowledge and wisdom, assurance, holiness, spiritual blessings always, and material blessings usually. Now, this remember section is how you can begin to open up the book of Proverbs and see the gospel of Jesus See what it is uh, uh, the Holy Spirit was intending in preserving this from primarily uh, King Solomon and maybe a f- and also a few others. And, and so, wh- why is it here? To, it's to reveal Jesus, but how? How do we unlock it? The key is within this phrase that keeps coming up over and over: the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord, the fear of the Lord. It keeps repeating itself. In almost all of the chapters, uh, there's a vast majority of repeats. And and as we look at the book of Proverbs, just this isn't within the the handout, but this might help for our conversation. Chapters 1 through 9 is the introduction. It's a long one, comparatively. You know, we've looked at introductions before in this survey, and they've been maybe four verses. Or, you know, maybe they've been a chapter or something like that. Uh, Like in Job, it was a chapter and a half. But here we have nine chapters of introduction. And the introduction is this. Wisdom. It's important. All right? And so we see this wisdom moment in 1 through 9. Then in in chapters 10, all the way through the last chapter, 31 Verse 9, we have Proverbs, proper, just Proverbs. That's what we're most familiar with, right? When we open up to the book of Proverbs, we're expecting that definition. So you have this introduction that's Proverb-ish with a little bit more in there, and that's where we're going to see a lot of these things that uh, will help us unlock the book of Proverbs. Then we have all the Proverbs in 10 through 30, uh, through chapter 31, uh, and then uh, finally... Uh, We have a poem about a wife, a very good wife. And we'll we'll look at that example. It's an important one. I think it will help us to see how we can actually move through the book of Proverbs once we've unlocked it. Uh, 
It's kind of a silly word, but I, I can't think of a better one. So uh, we're seeking to do this thing. We're looking at the fear of the Lord. It's this very common phrase. And, and where is it cropping up and why? Well, uh, we can start uh, by the fact that it's God-given, this fear of the Lord. And just to let you know, fear isn't like uh, like I get scared when a spider is like crawling in my house. You know, I'm fine with spiders outside. You know, I see a spider, it gets on me, and I'm like, hey, get out of here, spider. Like, you're in your natural habitat. Sorry, I'm near you. But, you know, spiders in my house, I don't like it. And I freak out. I get scared, right? That's not the kind of fear that we're talking about here. This fear is more associated with deep, awe-inspiring reverence. That's the fear that's being mentioned. That's the Hebrew uh, kind of gut reverence. It's kind of the, the, the movement forward within that word. The fear of the Lord. Uh, it should entail a little bit of, be careful, you're coming into the presence of the Lord. But it's not fright, it's deep reverence. We're coming into the presence of the Lord. So this fear of the Lord, uh, we, it, it's the key to unlocking the book of Proverbs. And then if you look at the remember passage, we're going to go through each piece given by God, grants knowledge and wisdom, assurance, holiness, spiritual blessings, always material blessings, usually. So let's look at the first one. The fear of the Lord is given by God. Let's just go to chapter two. Uh, yeah, chapter two. There, there are many places that these things can be found. Uh, and, and, and uh, and that's good. I'm giving you a few key verses. And, and as you read through it, I hope that you'll be able to see these themes play themselves out. But let's just go to chapter 2 to see that the fear of the Lord is God-given. Uh, chapter 2, verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge. Uh, find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. God is the one who's granting this fear of the Lord. Uh, and if you think about that, it seems a little circular because we're seeking after the fear of the Lord to unlock the book of Proverbs. But as we come to the book of Proverbs, we need the Lord to give us the fear of the Lord that we need to unlock the book of Proverbs. We, we can't attain it on our own. And this should be the first, the first signal lights that are going off in your head, right? We can't attain it on our own. The fear of the Lord comes from without. It comes to us from the Lord, from the Holy Spirit. It's salvation, right? The fear of the Lord, this deep reverence. You don't have reverence for God unless God has quickened your heart to have reverence for him, uh, we were preaching on this. Right? I was preaching on this just this last Sunday. The curse. We're all cursed until Jesus breaks that curse. And then we, boom, born again. We wake up, as it were. Uh, it's a similar reality. God gives this fear. God gives this wisdom. And so this fear of the Lord, then, that we see in chapter 2, verses 5 and 6, well, it, it, also, it also grants knowledge and wisdom. So even as God is giving this fear, fear of him, this fear of the Lord. Well, this fear of the Lord is granting knowledge and wisdom. Let's look at chapter one, verses one through seven. This is the first, yeah, this is the, the true purpose statement, as it were. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, 
justice and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Here it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we need the Lord to give us the fear of him, the fear of the Lord. As the Lord gives us the fear of the Lord, we begin to attain something more because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So as the Lord begins to work on us, the Lord begins to give us knowledge, all right, Uh, which, by the way, is opposed to fools who despise such things. Uh, You'll see this in the context section, the wise, the foolish, the simple. Lady Wisdom, Lady Folly, recurring characters within the Proverbs. You can see that in the context section. So uh, we see that the Lord gives knowledge. What about wisdom? Chapter 9, verse 10. So remember, the introduction, while you're flipping to chapter 9, the introduction to Proverbs is chapters 1 through 9. And so now when we come to chapter 9, this ending of the introduction, as it were, We see the way of wisdom being presented by wisdom. Then we come to verse 10 of chapter 9. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. And recall, if you will, because these are going to be building blocks. Well, how do we get that fear of the Lord? From the Lord himself. As the Lord is granting us knowledge, we get insight into the Holy One. As we are getting insight and knowledge into the Holy One, because of the fear of God that we have been given, we also get wisdom, which means discernment, which means that we will know what chapter 25, verses 4, uh, verses, uh, four or 5, whichever one we need to pick, we'll pick because of what the Lord's doing and because of how he's moving us forward. We'll know which one to do. Why? To honor him. Why? Because of our reverence, our fear. Of him. Starting to build. I hope you see this. Uh, then we move from this, this reality that the fear of the Lord is God given, uh, from this fact that this fear grants knowledge and wisdom into uh, something that's quite beautiful, uh, something that we were just talking about. Chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. This fear of the Lord, it's applicative to our lives. Not only are we gaining these kind of Not theoretical things, but these things that we're able to use. We're gaining uh, something more, an assurance from God. And we see that in chapter 3 within the introduction. Chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. This reality that that if we are wise in our own eyes, it is not good. But if we were wise in the Lord, it is good. This reality, of course, stacking upon and, and we're being exhorted from that which uh, Solomon has already laid out uh, for his son that he's writing for, or from a son-like figure, and we see that the fear of the Lord comes from the Lord, that the fear of the Lord given to us now grants us knowledge. Wisdom also comes along with that. Now we need to remember we have these things. We shouldn't think that we can have it anywhere else, because if we do, it leads to our own destruction. But there's comfort, because when we're not wise in our own eyes, When we fear the Lord, wow, 
It is a great comfort to us, healing to our flesh and refreshment to our bones. There's assurance within the fear of the Lord that's being given to us. But not only assurance, there's something more as well. There's holiness that's given. Remember, holiness isn't necessarily trying to be better. Holiness is being set apart by God. We've been talking about how God is doing something for us, right? In the book of Proverbs, he's giving us the spirit of himself. Because of that, he's given us knowledge and wisdom. Because of that, he's given us assurance. He's giving us holiness. Uh, He's setting us apart. He's giving us capability to turn from that which is not okay to that which is. Uh, Let's look at a couple examples. Holiness, chapter 8, verse 13. Chapter 8, verse 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil, pride and arrogance, and the way of evil and perverted speech. I hate. We don't hate those things before we feared the Lord. It's just true. We love them. However, when God has given us that fear, When we have been granted knowledge and wisdom, the assurance that comes with all of those things, holiness follows. We no longer want to walk the path of the fool, the path of the simple, the path of lady folly. No, we want to walk that path that God has ordained, the narrow path, as it were. Uh, That's what Jesus says. A path that is different from the world and what's being called out, a path that is wise and after the Lord. Uh, And then also, let's just go to uh, chapter 16, verse 6. Uh, for a, another example of this. And remember, these are just pieces uh, that I'm, I'm kind of cherry-picking out for you to see an overall theme of what the fear of the Lord, how it's, how it's revealing uh, to, the, to the whole of the book. Chapter 16, verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. There's, there's so much there. We'll just look at the fear of the Lord for now. The fear of the Lord is how we turn away from evil. I don't know. I pray that you have sought to kill sin in your life as a Christian, whatever your personal sins might be. Uh, they're sometimes similar, but always unique to yourself. I can't know exactly what they are because I'm not you. Uh, Not inside your head like you are. And so as you're seeking to kill these sins, I wonder if, like me, you have gone down a path of trying to do it on your own and failed. It's it's quite frustrating because you believe in Jesus Christ. You know that you shouldn't be doing whatever it is that you are doing. In fact, you hate it so much and you've been empowered so much that you decide to take care of it on your own. And you forget that you cannot turn away from evil except by the fear of the Lord. And instead of looking to God, instead of crying out to him, instead of doing that which scripture has called for us to do and killing our sin, we just try with all our might not to do it. And we close our eyes or whatever it is and boom, we do it anyway and we get frustrated. Remember that holiness comes from the fear of the Lord. Chapter 16, verse 6. By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. By fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. That's where that holiness is granted to us. We cannot do it on our own. The big word is called monergism, not synergism. One working. 
That's God working, monergism. We don't help him. He works for us, beginning to end. Believe it, because man, is it comforting. And that's where we cycle back over to assurance as we kind of continue unlocking these things. But uh, there's two more that we need to look at uh, very quickly because we see that this fear of the Lord, it's given by God. It gives us knowledge and wisdom. It gives us assurance and holiness, and it gives us spiritual blessing always. All right. Within the Proverbs is built spiritual blessings because this book, this Bible is a spiritual book speaking of spiritual things first. All right. What's the book of Proverbs about? This is a great time to stop here. What's the book of Proverbs about? It's a children's church question. What? Sayings. Sayings? What's it about? Anybody else? It's cheesy. It's cheesy. It's about Jesus. It's about the fear of the Lord, but that's Jesus. That's the only way this can happen. It's Jesus. You know, uh, Jesus himself says it. And Luke, we're in Luke. It's going to take us a while to get to Luke 24. But when we get to Luke 24, Jesus says something to a couple different people. He says that all of Scripture, the law, the Psalms, the prophets, they all spoke about me. And I fulfilled all of those things. And then he opened it up and he showed them. And I bet... And I hope that he opened up the book of Proverbs and he said, let me show you about the fear of the Lord and how you have been given this and how you will get it more when the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon his people. And so this reality that the book of Proverbs is about Jesus, we see all of these things playing out. The fear of the Lord being primary within the unlocking of these sayings, because that's right, Sam, it is sayings, uh, it is. But as the fear of the Lord unlocks it, as we're looking for Jesus, because that's what this Bible is about. It's about God. Jesus is God. Jesus has come to save. Jesus has said that this stuff is about him. And so we look and we see spiritual blessings Always. Chapter 3, verse 13. Chapter 3, verse 13. Spiritual blessings always. What I mean by that is that no matter the circumstance, upon reception of the fear of the Lord, there is spiritual blessing. Cannot be taken away. Cannot be removed, no matter your lot in life, rich, poor, no matter what sins you fall into, no matter who you associate with. It can be as offensive as you think it needs to be. It can be as crazy as you think it can sound. The gospel, as soon as the fear of the Lord has been given to you, cannot be revoked. And so we see spiritual blessing always. Chapter 3, verse 13. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For, verse 14, the gain from her is better than gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels. Nothing you desire can compare with her. This comparison motif. Here's material things. In fact, here are the best material things that will provide for you for the longest. Nothing compared to what you get with wisdom. Because what do you get with wisdom? Well, remember where wisdom comes from. Fear the Lord. Fear of the Lord is God-given. What is the fear of the Lord? Reverence for him, that which we didn't have that has been given to us. And because we have that reverence, spiritual blessing that cannot be revoked follows. Just to remind you, capital L-O-R-D, fear of the Lord, that's fear of the personal God, Yahweh. 
fear of Yahweh, fear of Jehovah. We're singing, uh, we're singing a song with Jehovah in it. I think Judy's up there playing, but uh, uh, we're singing, let, let us praise his name, you know? We're talking about Jehovah, the personal God of the Old Testament, our God, Jesus, the great I am, the covenantal God, the God who promises and who promises twice that we can be assured it's all within here, and we see it. And so we see uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. Let's look also uh, at the end, just because we haven't used one from the end yet. Chapter 28, verse 14. These are also on the handout if you don't feel like flipping. Chapter 28, verse 14. Talking about spiritual blessings always that cannot be revoked. Twenty-eight, fourteen. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always, but whoever hardens his heart will fall into calamity. This reality, we <laughs> listen to it. Blessed is the one who fears the Lord always. He's blessed. The blessing cannot be revoked. Those who don't, calamity follows. You find this all throughout the book of Proverbs. And then one final thing, and then we'll look at that test case, the poetry about wives in chapter 31. Material blessings usually follow the fear of the Lord. So God's given us the fear of the Lord. Uh, Not only has he given it to us, now because of that we have wisdom and knowledge. Because of that wisdom and knowledge, we have assurance, we have holiness, we have spiritual blessings that can never be revoked. And lastly, we usually have material blessings as well, usually. And by material, I don't just mean money. Uh, I also mean our, uh, our countenance, our bodies. Uh, I mean our care, uh, our housing, our clothes, our protection, just the, our lives in general. The book of Proverbs reveals to us what usually happens. Remember, it's not law. It's not prophecy. All right? Uh, it's what usually happens. The book of Job, by the way, ladies going through it, is what unusually happens. Ecclesiastes as well. Uh, just to, it's interesting how God has placed these within uh, our Bibles. What, what usually happens in the book of Proverbs. Then there are unusual cases that take place around it to help us to have a fuller picture of what God is about and why. Uh, so anyways, uh, material blessings usually follow the fear of the Lord. We'll just look at uh, uh, two examples. Chapter 1, verse 29 through 33. All of these things come, but then... There's something more, material. And I put material at the end on purpose, by the way, uh, uh, because it's the least important, though it takes the most space. And, And the reason why is because all of these other things should be informing us as we go through the meat which we see. Uh, Let's just look at it. Uh, Chapter 1, 29 through 33. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, uh, uh, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. For the simple are killed by their turning away, and the complacency of fools destroys them. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. Doesn't that sound so nice? Chapter 19, verse 23. And it's just, it's on this, uh, it's on our handout, but we're going to go to the back of the Proverbs anyway. So chapter 19. Verse 23, talking about material blessings that usually follow. The fear of the Lord 
leads to life. Whoever has it rests satisfied. He will not be visited by harm. That's nice. And that's usual. There are unusual cases. And I know just about every unusual case in this room and in this church. And that's typically what we deal with are those unusual cases. Me and the shepherds of the church session in the diaconate, the women's ministry. All of our ministries are built around typically the unusual cases and how we might care for them well and reveal what it is that the Lord would have for them and reveal that they do not have to be fools who despise wisdom. They do not have to be the simple who just don't care. They can still be wise. The fear of the Lord can be given to them. And because of that, they can continue to live a life in wisdom with all of these other truths, even if In this unusual case, the material blessings have not followed as they have sought to live their lives well. It's the last one. It's the one that we usually get stuck on, though, for good reason. Because we're standing here, and if something's hurting or something's not working, well, it can upset us. Because it doesn't feel right. Because it's not right. That's why Jesus had to come in the first place. Let's go to the test case, and then we'll be finished and maybe talk a little bit. Y'all have questions or thoughts and discussion. Chapter 31, poem on the wife. This is a test case. Let's use what we just learned, the fear of the Lord, to unlock the book of Proverbs. And it's quite simple. It's not as complicated as it sounds. What was the book of Proverbs about? Jesus. We don't do application first. We never do. Have you ever wondered when I preach God's word that I don't start with application to hook you? Something like that. Because it wouldn't work. We need to hear what God's word has for us. What God is doing for us. And then as we see what he has done, we respond. It's the same everywhere in scripture, including the Proverbs. But the Proverbs are tricky. Because they are super practical, right? Uh, withhold not the rod of correction. You're like, okay, let's do this thing. You know, I need to, we need to be a good parent. You know, we need to make sure we're disciplining well. We missed it if we don't think, how is Jesus informing this decision? What is God revealing to us of our salvation here and why? Same is true for wives. This, this, uh, uh, this, Text is often preached on Mother's Day, and I can't stand it because it's always misused and mispreached, and it makes the wives feel like they can never meet up to the standards that they see here. And if they do feel like that, the pastor has puffed them up to the point that they have grown so prideful in their lives that they've missed the point of the text anyways. It's just a dangerous text if you're trying to preach it for some particular reason like Mother's Day when the reality is that the text is not about mothers. The text is about Jesus. The text is not about wives. The text is about Jesus. Just like the rest of Proverbs. That's the first test. We see the fear of the Lord here. Who is this woman? This wife. This is a poem, by the way. Uh, An acrostic. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, all the way down to Z in Hebrew. It goes all the way through the Hebrew alphabet. It's very cool, very complicated. This is a real deal poem. It uh, would have been published, you know, on cards and things like that. Who is this woman, though? Verse 10, an excellent wife. Who can find? Who is she? Look at verse 30. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. 
but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. This woman is a believer. This is a text that directly applies to women. It directly applies to men as well, though. It it reveals a reality. It reveals a full conception of the entirety of the book of Proverbs. Because we see here at the end an ideal that cannot be met now. Just can't be done. This is perfection. This wife, she's perfect. This wife is an ideal reality of the fulfillment of all of the fear of the Lord, all of the wisdom, all of the knowledge that has been instilled throughout the entirety of the book. By the way, a book written to sons, if you look at it, but then ending with an incredible poem about women. Uh, This being a very old text that is remarkable to uh, to have women placed right here at the end as an exclamation point on the gospel of Jesus Christ. It reveals something beautiful about the people of God and the union that we have in Christ. There is no male or female, Greek, slave, Scythian, barbarian, all of those. There's none as we look at the unity that we have in Christ. And so we see that here. This woman, well, she fears the Lord. Give to her the fruit of her hands. This is verse 31. Let her works praise her in the gates. Why should she be exalted? Is it because, verse 5, she gives strong drink to the one who's perishing? Wine to those in bitter distress? Is it, verse 10, an excellent wife who can find far more precious than jewels? The heart of her husband trusts her because she's trustworthy. All of these things are excellent, but their application. It's a reality of a life that's been changed, that's been transformed, that has been lifted up out of the bowels of foolishness and simpleness into a realm of wisdom, a realm of Jesus Christ. And as this woman lives her life well, she reveals Jesus Christ. And that is why she is to be exalted. Because as she is exalted, what does she do? I can guarantee it. She abases herself and she lifts up her God. That's why she is to be exalted. It's because she is humble. And you see that. It's because she loves to serve because God served her. It's because she is trustworthy because God is trustworthy and she's seeking to reveal that reality. This is Jesus Christ fulfilling all that we could not do and dying the death on the cross and changing us from the inside out and preparing us for glory. If you want to look at it, you see it right here. This is what it will look like in heaven. This is what we aspire to now. This is the already not yet. We look at all of the book of Proverbs. You know, we didn't cover uh, chapter 10 through 31, verse 9. Uh, All of those Proverbs, Jesus Christ fulfills them perfectly in wisdom. And we seek to fulfill them well in wisdom and discernment. And we recognize this through the fear of the Lord. If we skip the fear of the Lord, if we skip it, We are fools. And then we should just read all about the fools in Proverbs and not about the wise. But if we hold fast to the fear of the Lord, if we recognize that it's given to us and that that has immense benefit, knowledge, wisdom, holiness, assurance, spiritual blessing always, material blessing usually, and that all of this is about Jesus, that we might continue to exalt our God. If we remember that, man, the book of Proverbs is unlocked. And it is wonderful to read devotionally instead of legalistically or whatever it might be. That's what I got.
comments, questions, something I didn't cover, something you wish I covered. There's a lot there, by the way. I didn't cover certain things that are mentioned a lot. Adultery, sexual immorality, uh, and that should be quite obvious to us in our generation. That's a timeless truth. (laughs) Our generation isn't worse, in case you're wondering. Uh, These things were happening. They always have happened. Uh, We see Lady Folly calling at the corner, seeking whom she might devour, as it were. Uh, However, we have Lady Wisdom there that God has provided. So we see the, that kind of juxtaposition, those characters I mentioned. Uh, there are different structures to the Proverbs that you'll see, things like that. There's a lot there to kind of be mined into, but I hope that this unlocks it for you, recognizing that overarching theme that needs to be held on to, which is the fear of the Lord, something that Solomon was purposefully placing in different places. I think in verse 29 where it says, since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, I mean, I think that applies to a lot of us all the time. We, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, how many times do we hate knowledge? That's right. We hate it because we may find the truth somewhere, and this truth is, you know, fear in the Lord. That's right. It, it, it is a, I don't want to use the word scarier in a weird way. It's a scarier call than we think sometimes uh, to seek after the truth to seek after wisdom, to have the fear of the Lord placed upon us. It's wonderful, but man, our sinful selves really kind of butt heads with that. Uh, and and that, I think you see that even within the character of the Proverbs. You know, Solomon's talking to his son, uh, it, be it his own son or, you know, maybe kind of a son-like figure, and he's like, you better be careful. I mean, you know, I mean, if you read it, there's this urgency, like, son, look away, close your eye. I mean, you know, there's this intensity to it. Uh, and you see it all throughout. Um, yeah, that's good. That's a good observation. All right, well, come to me afterwards if you got something. Let's pray to close our time tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for the book of Proverbs, for the fear of the Lord that you give us. And Father, for the reality that you do it in the name of Jesus, that you sent your son to die for us, that you uh, have revealed your grace and your mercy and your justice and your righteousness, your wisdom and your knowledge, your control. Father, we are creatures. We are Indeed, as we quoted earlier in jest, too stupid to be men and women. And yet, Father, you have blessed us nonetheless. And so, Lord, we pray that you will help us to hold fast to the book of Proverbs, to hold fast to your word in general, to see Jesus Christ there, uh, that he has died for us indeed, he has raised for us, that he intercedes for us as king and as defender, as conqueror. God, may it be so, and may our lives reveal Jesus. May we hold fast to this wisdom in everyday life, revealing our Savior Jesus to those around us. And Father, if it be your will, bringing them into our fellowship, that we might praise you all the more for your workings in this world, growing your church, moving your kingdom forward until our Savior and King should come again. Lord, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.